Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I don't know how to react to this song. <laughs> Is this like an omen for the show today? (laughs) Now, what you need to know, now that you've heard Justin Timberlake riff on that one, is that uh, as she says she's bringing sexy back, she just about about lost it with uh, protein powder in her coffee. Jim, you missed it. Uh, Jim, I hate when I miss the moments. Jim has a uh, fascination with my gag reflex. It's easy to make me a little feel not well. It's very easy. But well, we try to tiptoe around it so that we don't lose you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I just saw you teeter on the brink. Like you always say that uh, if, if you if you go down that road, the gag road, <laughs> hard to stop. that it's really hard to stop. And I actually thought maybe this is going to be the time. I started sweating. Yeah. Uh, I've been having this uh, issue. John Moore and I have been talking about it. I've been trying different things to prevent, um, boy, man, the things that I never thought I would talk about on the air. That Careful. Trying okay. to prevent acid reflux, like oh, halfway through We've the ripped show. that scab off. I know. I know. <laughs> Um, you know, I had that upper endoscopy uh, back in November, and I have uh, they, they stretched out some of the muscles in my esophagus. And ever since they did that, I get acid reflux in a way that I just have never done, never had before. And so I've been trying all of these different ways to try to prevent it during the course of the show. <laughs> so today I thought, well, if I just my stomach never gets empty, then that would be a great way to do it. I'm going to put some protein powder in my coffee along with some oat milk. And I have one of those Ninja coffee makers that has the little frother. You have one, Jim. the same one you have. Yeah. Has the frother on the side. Yep. So I thought, well, I'm going to make this delicious, like, vanilla latte coffee. And I frothed the oat milk, and then I poured it in there, and I stirred in the French vanilla protein powder. And I brought it in thinking, what a delightful morning I'm going to have. And I opened up my coffee cup, took my first sip, <laughs> and it tasted like... Gym sock sweat. <laughs> it's so bad that I got ill. I, I I got ill, and I'm gonna start getting ill again. Now you're think. thinking about it again, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is protein powder and coffee a thing, or did you just invent that on your own? I invented it. Oh, uh, we're losing her. Ugh. Yeah. See, I, I, I asked it, the I same question off the air. I said, "Well, who puts protein powder in their coffee anyway?" I don't know. I thought if you could put it in a smoothie, like I thought it a little since it was vanilla flavored. I thought of it. I thought a vanilla latte thing. I thought it would have this whole thing. But going. then it clumps up in there. Well, it's uh, not even... See, that's not no. helping. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. We're going to be doing this show by ourselves for like an hour. It's not clumpy in there. It's oh, okay. all mixed. I used my frother to stir it all in there, thinking like, look at me. I'm a little barista. Oh, boy. If I keep talking about this, I'm definitely not well, bringing not. sexy back. Not. <laughs> yeah, what a juxtaposition of so, the bringing back sexy with... With not sexy at all. With the I, uh, sweaty gym socks. So I thought that this was going to be the solution to, you know, they say if you have the, the more protein in your system, it will just keep your, I don't know, acid reflux at bay. Is that a thing? I was going to say, know. if I had coffee with protein powder, you wouldn't see me for an hour for a different reason. 
Oh, really? Uh, I'd be in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> well, this about shot me into the bathroom. I feel like, hey, Clark, wait it out At the end of this segment, I'm going to be the only one left in the studio here. <laughs> For different reasons. <laughs> yes. Should I? Here's what I want to do, actually. I would love to pass this around the room, and I think we should oh, yeah. all taste this yeah. coffee. Taste this. It's awful. <laughs> Everybody puts it into what they're drinking. No, you. I, just, I don't think that would work very well for me today. Yeah, I got you, diet Mountain Dew today. If you mixed it with your Mountain Dew, it would be terrible. If I took the lid off and we all, it could be like the the chalice at church, you know, yeah. where you take the the um, communion and you, he just wipes it and then they pass it on. <laughs> drink, drink, give. Yes. yes. So I think we should do this because I feel like you should all enjoy what I'm talking about. In other words, I want some of what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really sad that I'm talking about my my uh, my trying to I deal with should, acid reflux. You should take your Yeti and go rinse it out and get a regular cup mm -hmm. of coffee. Well, I think just I'm like going to throw this Yeti away. I feel like the Yeti is <laughs> the whole Yeti is cursed. Like, the whole Yeti is ruined. Like that's not coming out of it. <laughs> we don't have a dishwasher here. I feel like the flavor of this is going to stick because it, it's kind of stuck to my mouth right now. And this, I drank mm. it like 10 minutes ago, and I've had a lot of water since then. And it's 10 after six. I know. <laughs> I also brought a carrot juice, <laughs> which I thought might help. Not with the protein powder, but I brought a carrot juice to drink later in the show because I thought that might help. With it's got ginger in it, and ginger's huh? supposed to be like great for your stomach. I hope it's a large one so I can share that some of that with you. I know you're That's dying to carrot drink juice. Carrot yeah. juice. <laughs> that just sounds fantastic. Oh, I love. So you can milk juice. a carrot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, like, you can. <laughs> I'm just thinking about carrots and what it must be like to juice a carrot. That must take forever. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have you ever juiced a carrot? No, but I am thinking about how hard it must be because it's not like it's not like a lemon or a, or an orange where you. Want to no, squeeze. you don't. I think they have like a blender type contraption. Yes. I don't stand over a cup and squeeze the I carrot. Would, I wouldn't know because I've never had carrot juice. I was no. kidding when I said you milk a carrot. There, there's a juicer. There are juicers that they make for that, and they're they're called masticating juicers. And you, I have one. And I've been just, doing it wrong all these years. So wait, carrot juice is is just ground up really fine carrot. That's all it is. Well, no, because because that's a smoothie. That's not like a juice. No, this is the juice. Do you want to taste it? No. No? I don't. It's so good. <laughs> it has So the one I have today is carrot, ginger, and turmeric. I mm. thought that that might help my belly, but now I'm going to have to drink it earlier because this coffee almost But wait, me. so it's not ground up. It's not ground up. It actually is There's juice. There's juice. Yeah, you put a bunch of carrots into the juicer and it, it masticates everything up. The juice comes out I don't and know then what there that are little means, by the way, masticates. Masticate I don't is No, um, we can use that word on the radio. <laughs> no, masticate is another it's another word for chew, for chewing, for for you know like um, like we learn uh, new words with that grinding, mm -hmm. like grinding. Mm -hmm. it, uh, <laughs> You're not helping that many. <laughs> 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 it's like expectorate is another. That's word. not helping either. Uh, uh, another uh, term uh, for spitting. Go back no. to gym socks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Go, let's go back to uh, protein powder in your coffee. <laughs> the word for the day is masticate, mm -hmm. guys. By the end of the show, I'm going to juice a carrot. <laughs> that doesn't sound good either. Good morning, BT. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Let me try this one more time, John Moore. And three, two, one. Thank you very much. Every once in a while, my computer crashes on me. I have to restart it during the break, and I forget to plug it back in. Hey, it's live radio. You got to love it. I do love it. Bo and Beth and the Zoke and John Moore. By the way, golfers, don't forget, join Narraway Productions for Narraway on the Fairway coming up on March 20th. It's a charity tournament. It will be a scramble at the private Firethorn Country Club. Register your team today at narrowwaygolf.com.
corporate sponsorships still available as well. That's narrowwaygolf.com. Side note, side note mm-hmm. I'm playing in this tournament. <gasps> you are. With Breaking Brett Jensen. Ooh. Oh, wow. And Reed from our sales staff. And I think they were looking for a fourth. I don't know who it was. Oh, my gosh. I should join you guys because I'm, I'm so bad at golf. Come play. But it's fun. I'm so bad that it's fun. I have I have a cute little golf outfit. And my shoes match my clubs. So cute. That's all we needed here. You're in. <laughs> There's the foursome. There's it's done. <laughs> so, again, that's coming up uh, on March you do 20th. It? You really don't want me to play with you. It, you have clubs? It, I really do have clubs. Come on. I would be really bad. This will be fun. Do it for the show. Bo's like, don't do it. Do don't it for the do show. It. Don't do it. Do it for the show. <laughs> Better. You, went, you went pots and pans shopping with Brett. Come play golf with us. I'd get through like three holes, and then I'd be like, can we just get hot dogs and beer from the car? We'll, be we'll be the same way. We're okay. just there. We'll just make it write a check. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. So I have a question for you guys. Um, I'm wondering if you're in the same category as me. Um, I don't ever have to make my bed. Well, yeah, because someone's still in it, right, yeah. whenever you're leaving? That'd be yeah. weird if you did. So everybody in this room doesn't we, – yeah. we never make – the only time I make the bed is on the weekend sometimes. Uh, and, and even then, I don't always – the problem is, is my wife doesn't li- like the way I make the bed up. So oh. a lot of times she goes behind me and fixes it. So it, it's not – it's almost kind of like this understanding in our relationship that um, – that I, she knows I, I would like to make the bed, but I know that she's not going to like it, so I just sort of don't. Does she make the bed when she gets up? Like when you come home and go oh, to yeah. bed, the bed is made? Absolutely. Okay. Sometimes she makes the bed before we get out of the bed. <laughs> you have throw pillows, those extra pillows that have yeah. to lay on top in uh-huh. a certain way. Okay. Yeah, exactly, a certain <laughs> way. We have throw pillows, and but you can't throw them. You have to place them correctly. Have you all seen the movie Along Came Polly? Yes. One of my favorite moments in that movie is when he starts stabbing the throw pillows because he's like, <laughs> I realize that I waste three minutes every morning putting the pillows away and three minutes every night. And then he does all the math and realizes how many days of his life he's spent dealing with throw pillows. It's fantastic. Well, I want you to talk to your wife, Bo, because she might want to rethink making up her bed in the morning, as might anyone who's listening who's a bed maker, because there's a new viral trend on TikTok that's suggesting we should not, should not make our beds up when we get up in the morning. And there's a reason why. Listen to this. That would never work in my house. This is from Stylist Magazine. This is the science behind why TikTok is telling you not to make your bed in the morning. I'm going to read a little bit of this because it's so great. Between soft linen sheets to calming aromas and aesthetic lighting, we spend a lot of time and money making our bedroom as serene as possible. And for good reason. Because according to Dreams, not our Dreams, but an organization called Dreams, (laughs) the average person spends 33 years of their life in bed. That makes me sad. 33 years of their life in bed. Sounds wondrous. Sounds great. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's it? That's all we get? I want more. <laughs> yeah. I need more years in bed. Well, according to a video by this viral TikToker, which has been viewed over 2.7 million times, we should not be making our beds in the morning. And here's why. Put your cereal spoon down. Dust mites can live on your bed, this TikToker explains. So if you make your bed as soon as you get up, you actually trap millions of dust mites, and as a result, they keep growing. If you leave it unmade, it airs it out. And any residual sweat, dust, or bacteria that may have collected in your bed and feeds these yucky mites, it airs them out, airs it out, dry the sweat. Hmm. Clean the bed. 
Dust mite got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. Yeah, there is a solution to that. That's a good point, John. It's Moore. called the washing machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could but wash your sheets. By you what you say, every day. No, yeah, but it makes, it makes it sound like you should do it every day. Yeah, the way that this makes it sound, you should do it every single day. Because you're trapping the dust mites in when you make it up. Yeah, it says making your bed first thing in the morning actually traps in moisture and allows your bed to be a home to up to 1.5 million dust mites which then can produce allergens instead leave your bed messy to expose the mites to fresh air and to sunlight which will cause them to dehydrate and die oh then you just kind of you know roll around in that dead well, dust mite well pretty much that's what dust is <laughs> yeah, around your house roll around in bug or mite carcasses <laughs> Right. It's better than alive mites. <laughs> well, like, I'd rather be in a mite, ca- mite carcass well, than like. I mean, what I didn't tell you before is uh, on the days, so almost almost every day, I, I get out of the bed first, so my wife makes up the bed after I'm gone because she sleeps several more hours than me. But on days when I sleep there longer than her, she has been known to get up and make the bed around me. On like, her in side. other words, her side, <laughs> she'll make up and she'll, it almost like it boxes me in. She's tucking you in. She is, but it, but if you look at it, it's funny. It's, it's like a little boat decoration in the bed. <laughs> so it's a boat can, pillow so instead of a throw pillow. <laughs> we can actually have, we actually have a combination a of pillow. dead and alive mites on our bed. That's, that's where we are. <laughs> I mean, okay. she, needs, she needs to let you air out so you can yes. dehydrate. Uh, yeah. In the sun. In the sun. That's why you work in radio. That's but, right. <laughs> so but, is there a thing here, though? No. I have never. I mean, do we all wake up just covered in bug bites? Because I think we That's probably not... all have our beds made. Well, it's not like um, bed bugs, but dust mites. I mean, they're teeny, 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 tiny little things. If but, you... but isn't it? They're just small. Well, if you got a if you got a microscope and you went and ran your finger on the dust on your table and you put it on a little glass on a little slide and put it under your microscope, you would see all of these. I've seen them. They look like rhinoceroses. They are crazy. (laughs) They do have like a horn on their nose. They have a nose horn. But but look, in life in general, if we did that with almost any surface that we congregate around, if we did it in this studio, the last time this room was cleaned, (laughs) you think your bed is dirty? Y'all, we have all of these little mites. Come back to the newsroom. We have. There's pizza from 1987 in there. <laughs> <laughs> you kid, but you are you speak the truth, and we all know it. Was, it. it was like an election, like a local election went on that night. There's yes. pizza in there. <laughs> I just got gaggy again. Beth, Beth, uh, no, we lost you. Beth you were talking about the mites. <laughs> what were you saying under your eye? There's mites. Oh, there's mites. We have mites on our skin that live in our all right. like. All right, we're gonna demite during mm-hmm. the break. Tuesday, March 7th, Tyboid Studio, Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, The Zoke, John Moore, and Bernie Bernie's in the house. Got his Wolfpack shirt on today. That's cool and old school. Feeling bullish about uh, your chances this week, are you? No. Eight. <laughs> Spoken like a true Wolfpack then. No. no. Hey, but of all the years, this is the best. You've got the best shot in a while. And uh, speaking of the ACC tournament, three games today. you got FSU starting off against Georgia Tech at 2, Boston College and Louisville at uh, 4.30, and then Virginia Tech and Notre Dame tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, even after all these years, it still sounds weird to say the ACC tournament is starting on Tuesday. Well, there's too many teams. Just I know. like 10,000 of them. GT's playing tonight, Beth. GT. 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 GT's playing today. Go Georgia Tech. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To serious up here for a second, um, this was happening as we were on the air yesterday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Friday was the the end of the Alec Murdoch trial, at least in the courtroom. And 
the discussions continue, and we're learning more and more about uh, what happens post-trial. I know Matt Harris was back on court TV last night. He's still doing his podcast. So a lot of the people that were doing things leading up to the trial, uh, this story has such um, national intrigue. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see that we talked yesterday about the Netflix documentary that is among their highest-rated shows right now about the Murdoch family. Uh, yesterday on NBC, Craig Melvin sat down with three jurors from the Murdoch trial, and now we're getting an idea as to what was going through their head when they were handed the case last week. When we went back, the first thing we did, we had a prayer. Amy did the prayer. What did you pray for? <laughs> we, I prayed for clarity and wisdom and that the truth would be revealed. And after the prayer, you go around the room and sort of gauge where everyone is? Yes. Yes. And at that point, what were the numbers? I believe it was nine, two and one, nine guilty, two not guilty, and one not sure. But we did an anonymous vote because it was very important to us that nobody felt like they couldn't express what they really felt. We didn't want anybody to feel like they had to say something. So we did it anonymously, and it was nine, two, and one. So the, the two and the one, how, how did they come around? How were they convinced? The questions were answered. We went through evidence. Um, everyone had questions, but we were able to explain everything. Let's, let's talk about the, the evidence in, in the case. For, and I'll start with you, James, and we'll go down the line here. What was the single most significant piece of evidence that convinced you beyond the shadow of a doubt that he did it? You know, I think it was a common factor. I think a lot of people have said the kennel video, um, it's something that he had lied about. It's something that was interesting because if he didn't do it, how did he know what time to lie about not being there? Um, and, you know, it came from Paul. Paul has no reason to lie, you know, and I just think that it's important that we were able to get that piece of evidence from someone that was a victim. I always found it interesting that if you really step back and think about it, that, you know, Paul, from the grave, yeah. yes. helped convict his father. Yes. Because had it not been for that kennel video, what do you think? I think it probably would have been... Um, a hung jury had not been for that video, but it's like he spoke from the grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amy, was that for you? Was it also the kennel video? Uh, hearing Alex's voice on that video that made yes. all the difference? Yes, and then him admitting that he lied. Yes. When he took the stand, were, were you surprised that he took the stand in his own defense? Absolutely. Yes, yes absolutely. And, and I gather none of you were swayed by any of his testimony. <laughs> no. No, not exactly. Not all for me, no. What about the tears? What, what, about, what about the emotion? He's able to flip that switch. He knows when to be emotional. Yes. He knows that he's talking to the jury. Those, you know, his fate is in their hands. He feels the need to be emotional. You thought he was a liar pretty much from the beginning? Yeah. 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 He proved it. So those three jurors, uh, James McDowell, Gwen Jennerette, and Amy Williams talking to Craig Melvin on NBC yesterday, and as I heard them talk about what was going through their head, especially as it relates to Alec Murdoch on the stand, yeah. I was thinking what Bill Graham said uh, a few weeks ago about watch him through the prism of the fact that he is an attorney and knows ex- knows exactly what it's like to depose a witness and question someone and, and look at it through that lens. Of course, you wondered if the jury would be thinking that way. And obviously, by uh, the, the sound of those answers, they were. They were. It, and it sounds like they didn't trust him from the beginning. But how... I think the most telling thing that they said is that they do firmly believe it would have been a hung jury were it not for Paul's video. That that was really the thing that uh, that forced them to realize that this guy 
lied and lied significantly and and that lie in and of itself revealed far too much to them because like like that juror said how did he know what time to lie about if he didn't know when they died that was that was his big question how did he know when to lie yeah and and Paul's Paul's video was uh, the biggest thing I think everybody would say that at this was point it, yeah but also it's interesting to hear uh, members of the jury I tell you how surprised they were that Alec actually decided to take the stand. Right. And remember, Bill Graham said he kind of had to to yeah. talk about the fact that he lied about that video, that it was that video that forced him on the stand. And it turns out all of that combined was what f- led to that guilty verdict. Mm-hmm. And it is it is quite I, I don't know. I don't know the right word, but they, they said it, that it was like Paul was speaking from the grave, that it was his technology that led to the conviction. WBT, where business talks, presented by Ram Pavement. Good morning, Tuesday, March 7th. Bo Thompson here with Beth Troutman and the gang in the Ty Boyd studio. And uh, let's roll back to the market close to start your week. A choppy trading session with an early rally fading and stocks ending mixed as investors await potentially market-moving testimony by Fed Chair Jerome Powell on Tuesday. Tech and communication services sectors were among the gainers and Apple stock popping on a Goldman Sachs upgrade. An analyst with the Wall Street firm says the tech giant could get a big boost from its services business and new product innovation. And shares of Snapchat parent Snap surging as U.S. lawmakers prepare legislation to ban one of its primary competitors, that being TikTok in the U.S. The Dow winners, Apple, Merck, and Visa. The Dow decliners, Boeing, Salesforce, and 3M. The Dow up 40 points. The Nasdaq down 13. S&P 500 up 3. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. Yes, sir. We're in the green across the board. <laughs> Dow futures up 23. S&P futures up 6.75. NASDAQ futures up 30. Hope everybody's having a good Tuesday so far. Last night, city council meeting was not there for this, but I heard it was raucous. Mm. Actually, no, it wasn't really raucous. It was uh, in the basement of the government center. Uh, three proposals on the table for... Uh, part of Eastland Yards. That's what uh, we're supposed to call Eastland Mall site now, Eastland Yards. So it's just grass there? Mm-hmm, I guess. <laughs> Although it's basically I don't, I don't a see yard. a lot of grass when I go by there, at least. <laughs> or pave, not the kind pavement, you grow Eastland yard. pavement. I was following this online last night. I, one of my favorite things that happened during the meeting last night was Tark Bakari tweeted out, irony equals this being my fortune from a fortune cookie as we are debating Eastland Mall. And the fortune from his fortune cookie says, now is a good time to finish up old tasks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty ironic. But I, I can't, I don't know what to do with the rest of this information. So... You know, let's just uh, let's just break this down for folks on what East Eastland yard Yards. might become. <laughs> well, so if if you've forgotten about this, and and I had sort of I had to go back and sort of refresh exactly where they they are with all of this. Uh, phase one of Eastland Yards is in in process right now. Does that mean mowing the grass? Is that phase one? Like just mow down some of the weeds? That's what that's mow, what mowing the was. pavement. Yes. yes, I was about to say you have to you have to grow the grass first. <laughs> uh, I think we're like mowing weeds on pavement. Uh, 155 townhomes, 70 affordable housing units for seniors, 270 apartments uh, with ground floor retail. So that's that's phase one. That's 
in process right now. Phase two of the project includes uh, more retail and a grocery store. And then there's the part of this project that's called the city slash future development section. And this is uh, the area that once was earmarked for David Tepper and uh, the, the investment that uh, Tepper Sports was going to make in this. And, of course, we know that's not a thing anymore. So now they're trying to figure out what to do with that. And uh, three different options were put on the table it actually was announced on Friday, but they formally made the proposals last night. You may not have heard about this, so I'll recap for you. Are you ready? The three things that are right now targeted to possibly be in this spot. I love that you said they are targeted. Oh, I, even, I didn't even realize that I did that. A little foreshadowing. Put in the spot. I sort of gave it away. Yeah, you did. Did I? Uh, number one, an aquatic center. All right. Okay. All right. I mean, we have the Aquatic Center right in Uptown. In Uptown, yeah. Well, I, I don't know if this would be like, like uh, you know, an alternate site or the new site or a competing site. I the don't know. Remote campus. I was not there for the presentation last night. But uh, number two, a racket sports entertainment district. Well, if that includes pickleball courts. I think it would. I'm not mad at that one. I mean, I can't imagine a racket sports entertainment district that does not include pickleball. We could become Pickleball USA Capital or something. That's right. We could, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is my favorite (laughs) one, not because, like, I'm looking for another one of these necessarily, but it just seems so nondescript next to the first two. So you have an aquatic center, a racket sports entertainment district. Number three is, are you ready? A target. (laughs) (laughs) Like a really, really big target? Or should I say another target? Another target, because there's the target right there again, right there in Uptown that Mm -hmm. has the the Trader Joe's complex, and I think there's an Mm at-home or something there as well. I mean, this is Because Sandra would need a Marshall uh, Home Goods would be the choice. (laughs) Yes. Home Goods. Whatever it is, you would think it would be supersized, right? Right. It'd be a super target, maybe like a super duper target. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm so (laughs) glad that you said that because when they were building the target in Uptown, my little brother convinced his now wife that it was going to be called the super duper target, (laughs) that it was going to be like three levels. Yeah. And she called it that for a while. They, 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 there's enough space that they they keep, uh, now I, I get, I kind of run it together with the the Metropolitan across the street, too, right? Because you have the Best Buy at the bottom, and then you have the Marshalls up there, but they used to have a Staples next to it, and that thing's been dormant for a while. And there's the, what is it? uh, Is it Trader Joe's? There's a Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's. Well, here's the thing with this. If we are really trying to revitalize independence and and revitalize that area the way that it was in its heyday when you and I used to hang out, not together, at Eastland Mall. um, (laughs) Uh, We probably were at the Capri Theater at the same time. We probably were ice skating on that rink at the same time. Bo was the one with, like, empty seats around him. Yeah, well, so we weren't hanging out, actually. I was three rows behind you. Um, The... The target is not the way, I don't think, to revitalize an area. I mean, you, there's a target everywhere. You need to have something unique and something special that brings people and industry and, and development back to that exactly area. Right. You've got to go want to hang out not there. Not a target. It's got to be a Walmart. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110 WBT. You know, the 50,000 watts here can be used in many, many different ways. We've learned this 
over the 100 years we've been on the air. And sometimes we're breaking news. Sometimes uh, we're taking phone calls. Sometimes it ends up being one of those venues where you can say something and say, am I the only one that this happens to? And then you realize phone lights up. Another one, another one, another one. We all sort of realize we're much more connected than we realize. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best things because so many of us feel alone, especially when it comes to dealing with certain issues. And then when you hear somebody else say, I have to deal with this as well, your heart opens up and you suddenly feel like the world is a friendlier place. That's what we like to do. Well, yes, sort of when you talk about this story, because I don't know about the world being a friendlier place. um, But what I'm getting at here is... So you sent me this the other night, and I'm going to read the the headline of this. Mm -hmm. And I'll say before I go any further that what she's describing in this story is not exactly what I have, but it's a version of what I have, and it's a version of what you have. And I'm starting to realize that all this time I've been thinking, I'm probably, I don't even want to say this because I think I'm probably, people think I'm crazy. I thought I was crazy, and then when I sent it to you and you said, this happens to me, I felt suddenly vindicated. So simultaneously, it's either none of us are crazy or we're all nuts. (laughs) Or maybe just Bo and Beth. (laughs) Yes, that too. We're about to find out all of these things. Here's the uh, headline of the article from the uh, Huffington Post. I wake up paralyzed in a living nightmare. This is what it's like to have sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Guys, have you ever heard of this term, sleep paralysis? Bernie says no. No? Yes. Yes. Tom Moore has heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let me describe this to you. According to this article, sleep paralysis is a kind of parasomnia where the brain wakes before the body does. It happens when you wake up during your REM cycle. This is when you're dreaming and your body falls into temporary paralysis to keep you safe from physically acting out your dreams. And because you're dreaming, it can lead to visual, auditory, and sensory hallucinations, often a waking nightmare. Now, I'm going to tell you something very personal, guys. This happens to me, and just thinking about this happening to me freaks me out. But I have very vivid memories of these moments happening. And in mine, my sleep paralysis is often the same. I am sleeping and then I feel like I'm awake. And obviously my brain is awake. But in the scenario, there is always someone trying to get into the room that I'm in, get into the house, get into where I am. They're banging on the door. They're breaking in and people are rushing toward me. And I am there trying to scream, trying to move trying to run and my brain is saying run get out run and I can't move I'm just stuck okay so that's how it happens for you yes I'm gonna explain how it happens to me I want to see what John Moore says about this because mine has nothing to do with a dream Uh, but about I don't know it's probably been 20 years now Uh, and sometimes things happen to you and then you start connecting uh, what's going on each time it happens then you realize ways that you can avoid it but I had a, a version of that, no dream, no nothing connected. Well, it's I just, feel like I'm awake. I don't feel like I'm dreaming. But, That's the big thing there. Yeah. But you're talking about people trying to get you. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. But so I think that it's real because it's in the house that I'm in. But is it a stem from something you were dreaming about? No. Oh, okay. It's All like right. I think that I'm awake. Okay. Yeah. But does it always happen that same way? Yep. Okay, see, with me, I'll be sleeping, and then I'll have a moment where I feel like I'm halfway between asleep and awake. And my body knows that it's trying to wake up, but I can't do it. Like I halfway open my eyes up and I can even see part of the room, uh-huh. but I can't move. 
Like, I cannot move. And I'm in a state where I'm like, it's kind of that, oh, my gosh, what's going on moment. And then uh -huh. after about, I don't know, what seems about 10 seconds, then I close my eyes and then I open them again and I'm, I'm out of it. But the thing for me that I finally realized connecting all of this is it only happens when I fall asleep on my back. If I fall asleep really? on my back, that's I don't sleep. I haven't slept on my back in 20 years on purpose. Are you a side sleeper or a belly sleeper? Both. You're both. But I can't sleep. I can sleep on my back, but I know that if I do that, there's a good chance that what I just said is going to happen. And um, so the only time it ever happens now is if I accidentally fall asleep, like on the couch, laying back or almost all the way back and uh, doze off. But if I sleep at night, I will not. I cannot. My, it's, not, it's involuntary now. I will not sleep on my back because I'm so afraid of because that happening. Because you panic about sleep paralysis. Mm -hmm. Well, there is no definite cause for sleep paralysis, but research shows it's more likely to, to occur if you have insomnia, narcolepsy, a general anxiety disorder, or maybe a family history of having poor sleeping habits. So it could be a result of the weird schedules that we keep. For me, when it has happened, it usually, kind of like you, it usually is when I fall asleep somewhere odd. But, but I mean, not not that I just like fall asleep <laughs> on, on the kitchen table. <laughs> I mean, somewhere that's not my bed. So, like uh, the sofa. Who are or, you? Or if I'm asleep on a road trip. At a bus stop. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before you go any further, 704-570-1110. Do you think I'm crazy? Is Beth crazy? Or you're going, me too. Right? I want to know. And I want to hear what John Moore says here in a minute because I'm, I'm curious as whether it's one or the other or like a cross between us. All right, back to Beth. You're, I thought you, were, I thought you had go. more to She's no. asleep. Okay. She, no, Beth, it's all. Beth is suspended. She's got verbal paralysis. She's, she's, she's paralyzed over here. Sleep paralysis. Uh, John Moore, I thought there was much more to say. No. Boy, that was a deflating tease. <laughs> just look at Beth. He's like, I said all my words already. I was just saying that it, it is usually not when I'm asleep in the bed at night. It's a nap or it's uh, falling asleep on a road trip in the car. The car is one that I remember, and my sofa is the other one that I that I have two vivid memories of trying to talk, being feeling like I'm awake in the place where I fell asleep. Apparently, did I have I had more to say? Yeah, see, and and, and 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 then people are trying <laughs> to get to me, and I can't scream, I can't move, I can barely breathe. Now that part I can't I can't talk I can't I can't make any. And sort you're trying of, to go. Trying that's to tell the somebody. noise. That's somebody. the noise. <laughs> It Wait, feels like that. Do you hear it? Do it one more time. Ooh. It's that. It's, uh, no. <laughs> no. No, no, now, no. Now, um, of course, uh, Beth had more to say, and because of that, we we're going to John we're Moore. Gonna, we're going to get to John Moore coming up. <laughs> Boy, I hope, there's a, I hope there's a payoff here, John Moore. <laughs> That's better be good. <laughs> we're going to get to John Moore. He's like, I've never heard of this. I got nothing. I, don't, I got I don't nothing. It's never happened about. to me. And uh, we have phone calls coming in, too. 704-570-1110. Is this something you've experienced? Ever, or maybe it's a version of what we just said. Is it a thing? Because we just said two different things, but sort of alike at the same but time. But they're the same. Mm -hmm. What if we both fell asleep on a sofa and then we both woke up paralyzed and tried to help each other, but we couldn't? That'd be weird. <laughs> I mean, Jim Zoki be hosting the show the next day. <laughs> all right. It's my plot all along. <laughs> Sometimes you are frozen and think you can't get up. Frozen alone in your bed. And you're saying, what are y'all talking about? Well, there's, a, there's an article in the uh, Huffington Post 
that caught my attention. I mean, Beth sent this to me, and the, um, the, the headline of it is not exactly, now that I read it, what, what I deal with, but it's a form of what I deal with. I was talking last segment about uh, that I, I can't sleep on my back because if I do uh, every once in a while, and, and enough times that it's a thing for me, I, I'll like halfway wake up. And I'll be in this state where I, I can sort of open my eyes, but I can't move. Mm-hmm. And for a moment there, I think, what's going on? How do I get out of this? And then somehow I snap out of it, close my eyes, and open up, and there I am. It happens to me, too. I, I think that I'm awake, but I feel like someone is trying to get into the room that I'm in. They're banging on the door. They're charging into the room, yet I can't move. I can't scream. For those just joining us, it's called sleep paralysis, and it's... A, well, if I could say it right, it's called sleep paralysis, and it's a kind of parasomnia where the brain wakes before the body does, and it happens when you wake during your REM cycle. And it's when you're dreaming, your body falls into temporary paralysis to keep you safe from physically acting out your dreams. And because you are still dreaming, you can have visual and auditory and sensory hallucinations, but you can't move your body. People want to talk about this, and like I said earlier, sometimes we bring these things up to see if uh, it's just us. Maybe that should be the name of this. Is it just us? <laughs> just us. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, AJ, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Welcome. How you doing? Hey. Uh, yes, I have a version of it as well. Um, you're around here in Cabarrus County, North Carolina. They call it the, the devil on your chest. Yes. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be at night. And um, it always happens with me with, when the door is open. When I was a little boy, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would see a figure in my in the door um in the doorway and he would have like on a trench coat couldn't really make him out had the hat over it over their face and you was just looking and you couldn't move and then you're like oh, i can't move and then you kind of close your eyes look again and you still see him and then you kind of close your eyes so you don't see anymore um i tried sleeping on my side as well but one day i was at work sleeping probably wasn't supposed to be doing that but <laughs> i was on my side and i could feel something behind me <gasps> But I could never turn around uh, to, you know, see what it was until I was finally able to get out of that paralysis. So I, it's not you guys. <laughs> it's so, just a lot of people. So, AJ, how often does this happen to you? Uh, very very in- intermittently. It used to happen when I was a kid. And then I think the last time it happened to me, um, I was probably, I'm, I'm 45 now. It probably happened when I was about 25. But I do have the dreams where, you know, my wife says all the time, I, I keep her, you know, in my sleep. And my dad, he has the same thing. He'll jump out of the bed. He'll be in the dream and be punching and kicking and scratching and clawing. Wow. So that, well, it says in in this Huffington Post article, according to studies, this does run in families. This is genetic. So that makes sense. If your dad was doing, jumping around and clawing, then you're doing it. And my, my dad just texted me and said that it happens to him. And the last time he had sleep paralysis, he was in this dream that he was in Vietnam because my, my father's a Vietnam vet and he was trying to get his platoon to avoid a booby trap. So maybe there's, there's a genetic component to this, AJ. And you just said it, your dad was dealing with it too. It definitely may may be because he's he's about seventy five and he fell out the bed and I always have a dream where I'm where I where I'm turning curves as well and I'm about to lose the car and I'm literally in the bed just elbowing my wife trying to oh. keep the car on the road. <laughs> you guys might need to get twin beds or something. Some <laughs> space. All right. Like AJ, Lucy and Ricky. Thanks for calling, man. We appreciate it. Let's go to Cassidy. Cassidy, you're on WBT. Good morning. Good morning, Bo. Good morning, Beth. Hey, Cassidy. How are you? We're, We're good. What's up? Well, I also 
suffer from sleep paralysis from time to time. (gasps) So we're not alone. So how does it happen for you? Well, as somebody who can't see, I've never been able to see in my dreams a day in my life unless in the dream I somehow gain vision. But basically how it happens for me is everything but visuals and um, essentially what will happen is I'll either be awake and then going back to sleep or it already happens while I'm asleep. And most of the time it's like I'm being tickled or my body's going numb or it's like these half human, half object creatures tickling me or whatever. It's really weird. And for somebody who can't see what is actually going on, you know, you're just kind of like, okay, what is this? It's like something's coming at you, but you can't see it. So it's just like, okay. And so for me, I'm like, I've always heard that if you, if you're thinking about it at the time, which most of the time we're not, Mm -hmm. we are too panicked and like, oh my goodness, can't breathe, can't move, can't do anything. So, but I've heard that with this, uh, what they call old hag syndrome, where it feels like something's on your chest, like AJ said, um, I've heard that if you move your big toe, it could snap you out of it. But what I do is I, for as a Christian, I turn on Christian music when I wake up and then it goes away. And it goes away. I don't have a joint in my big toe, and I can't move my big toe, so I don't know if I can. But see, now all of us, all of us have something we can all do. Uh, all of us are going to shake our, you know, move our big toe now. Yeah, well. Well, yeah, not yeah. all of us. Not all of us. I, uh, Almost everybody. Just, it, yeah. It's worse if you're on your back because you can't easily snap out of it, but when you're on your side, it's, it's easier. Oh, see, Bo's got a, Bo was on to something then with the sleeping on the side thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, Cassidy, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Thank you. You have a great day. And uh, we're still going to get to John Moore's version of all this. And uh, you can chime in as well, 704-570-1110. I'm getting some texts in here uh, with some similar but also different stories. Yeah, I've been getting emails, and I have from the Sleep Foundation the three different kinds of sleep paralysis. Oh, wow. Paralyses. Thanks for all the nightmare fuel this morning. Yep, 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 yep. That's right. Here to help. That's our show. Like what you drank in that cup. (laughs) That's our show, Nightmare Fuel, (laughs) our Riverbottom Nightmare Band. That's actually a Christmas special. Had to do it. Had to do it. <laughs> Don't get many opportunities. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> News Talk. Hey, if you know, you know. News Talk 1110 WBT. So the title of the article is, I woke up to a demon choking me and I couldn't move an inch. What I have is sleep paralysis. So Beth sent me this earlier and I said, wait a minute. I said, you get this too? I don't get it the way you get it because you... You have a whole sort of storyline that's involved in yours. Like you can uh, fill fill me in real quick. I have a scenario, and it's the same no matter where it is that I fall asleep, that someone is trying to get to me. They're banging on the windows. They're banging on the doors. They're trying to get to me, and my instinct is to run, but my body can't move. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I feel like I'm awake. I'm in the room that I fell asleep in. It's never, you know, like a dream where you're suddenly in a castle somewhere in Mm -hmm. a field. I'm in the room where I fell asleep. So my brain, what this is, it's actually a medical term where your brain wakes up 
but your body is still not awake yet. And your body goes into a paralysis-like state when we sleep so that we don't physically act out our dreams. So our brain is awake, but the body hasn't caught up yet. And you are thinking that someone is after you, but it's basically a half awake. It's a, it's a hallucination, if you will. And according to the Sleep Foundation, there are three types of hallucinations that happen during sleep paralysis. There's an incubus one, one of the three common categories of sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. With the incubus hallucination, you feel pressure on the chest and have difficulty breathing. The other two types are the intruder, a threatening presence heard or sensed. That's the one that I have. Mm-hmm. I have the intruder. The other one is vestibule, vestibule, you think I could read, vestibular motor. Which Are is, you half asleep? <laughs> I'm half asleep. <laughs> and in these, people feel like they're spinning, floating, or falling and having an out-of-body experience. So there are three different kinds of sleep paralysis hallucinations. Mind okay. is the intruder. All right, so mine is much more generic and basic, but I have not on purpose slept on my back in probably 25 years because I finally figured out that when I sleep on my back and I fall all the way asleep, I have this thing where I sometimes wake up and I I can't move. I can see like a little bit, and it's like I, I'm, I'm almost awake, but I'm not fully awake, and my body tenses up, and I can't move anything. Mm-hmm. And for a split, I, I, don't know what to, I don't know what it is in real time, but to me it seems like about four or five seconds, and then I start to panic a little bit, and then I close my eyes, and then I open them again, and I'm back. Mm-hmm. All right? So we've been talking to you. This is really—we've done it today. This is our new uh, periodic segment. Is it just us? Anybody else? <laughs> is it just us? It's when Bo and Beth use the 50,000 watts to find out whether or not it's just us. And I'm here to tell you it's not. Now, before I go to Jaron, who's got a story as well, real quick, John Moore, you have the same something that we do. It was interesting hearing Cassidy talk about the the tickle one because when I was a kid, if I slept with my arms up by some measure just like that, you know, as a little kid, a lot of little kids do that. I would have that dream about somebody's coming to tickle me, and I I cannot move and get out of it. I, I can't move, and it's very... You know, you can kind of look around and see the closet. It's like somebody's going to come out of the closet and tickle you. Yes, so you have intruder hallucinations. I have intruder then, and I guess as an adult, it's translated to a a, a one where, like, I there's the person is outside the walls. There, there are no windows or doors, but for some reason they're trying to come in but can't get in, and I've got a pistol. And I know pers- pistols pretty well, but the pistol is unfamiliar, and the bullets laying near it, none of them fit. So I'm trying to put the pistols... You know, put put them in, and they will not go in. And the person, I know the person's coming in, and it's just that kind of thing. So that's not a a frequent one, but that's one where I can kind of see the room I'm in, and I can see the dream place at the same time. It's a weird. So it's like a half awake, half asleep. Wow, is this a dream? Are we dreaming right? (laughs) Are we dreaming right now? We've been incepted. We're dreaming that we're talking about our dreams and being half awake. And now I'm dreaming that I'm going to line one and Jaron is there. And Jaron wants to talk about his sleep paralysis. Uh, Jaron, i got about a minute. Hey, good morning, Bo and Beth. I appreciate you taking my call. Of course. I look forward to listening to you guys every morning. I'm an HVAC service technician here in Charlotte. It's just a blast to listen to you guys. Y'all have me cracking up every single morning. It's it's just an honor. Well, you know what? It's working, Beth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank yeah, you. It's just been awesome. Hey, I wanted to uh, chip in on my two cents with this. Uh, I think Bill uh, was talking about Beth was uh, talking about the intruder uh, thing. That's probably what I have. I've had it happen several times. Uh, so, like, I'm definitely afraid of werewolves. I, I mean, I'm a 
I'm a 42 year old man, and I, I just I, I I'm terrified of him. I hate him, and and so this is this happened to me a couple times. I'm laying in bed. Now this wasn't during a normal sleep cycle. I took a nap, right? And that tend, tends to be when it happens to me. Yes. Evening time. So here I am laying in bed, and I remember like. I, I could still see the last thing, my, I guess, before my eyes closed was looking down the bed towards the door. And so I'm laying there, and I start hearing this thing growling. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's a werewolf. And all of a sudden, it starts getting louder. And so I'm freaking out. I'm trying to shake myself, and, I, like, nothing wants to move. Like, I'm like, my, my arms are limp, my legs are limp, and I'm like, what's going on? You know, and so, like, it's getting louder. It sounds like it's right behind my, you know, my back. And um, I feel like the only thing I can move is, like, my one little pinky finger on my right hand. I'm like, if I could just pull my covers, I can get my wife's attention and wake me up. And all of a sudden, I, I jar myself awake, and I'm like, yeah, that was my, uh, that was my, uh, uh, that happened to me about at least on uh, two occasions. Then I had one other where, like, this squid, like, I, could, I felt like there was a squid behind me, and I could see out of the corner of my eyes this squid arm wrapping around me. I couldn't move. Wow. So. Yeah, that was that was probably the, the funniest one that happened to me. So, okay. wow, Jaren! Right, wait a minute, Jaren. In times like this, there's only one thing to do. Do you know what that is? What's that, man? You gotta lean into it, Jaren. Jaren and the werewolves. Jaren's a big Vincent Price fan. I just know. I'm a big Jaren fan now, man. I am too. All right, 7.45. The dream took us a little later, but that's what happens sometimes. Oh, so worth it, though. That was the best. Crossing the Streams brought to you by Window Nation. Bo Thompson, Beth Troutman, and the one and only Brett Winterbull now joining us. Good to be with you. Always good to have you aboard. Uh, I, I don't think I need to ask this question, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. Uh, I'm going to assume you were glued to your radio last night listening to the State of the State. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, uh, the State of the State. John Moore, give me a little of that State of the State there. In my six years as governor, you legislators and I found plenty to disagree about. But we have found areas of common ground to strengthen our communities, create opportunity, and make our state more resilient and prepared for the future. Many of us in here have a deep faith in God. We share common aspirations. We want safe communities, good jobs, and an affordable quality of life. We want to give our children more and better opportunities than we had. This has always been North Carolina's story. Good people from diverse communities coming together to build a common future. Okay, so that's a little of the state of the state. Uh, it's, it's quintessential Roy Cooper. Um, you'll see where I'm going here in a minute because uh, I, I didn't hear the entire thing either. Uh, but I was curious about some things last night. I'm curious about where, where Roy Cooper goes next. Uh, he obviously is in the descending part of his, his uh, tenure here. And then after him... 
uh, was the GOP response. And it's not just North Carolina, but people are talking about Mark Robinson all across the country. Uh, he's a spark plug. He's uh, a lightning rod, maybe is a better word for it. Uh, and, and he invites controversy sometimes. This is some of what he had to say. In our society today, we are so divided. And thoughtful discussion is often replaced with tweets, sound bites, and heated rhetoric. When you're sworn in, they don't give you a manual or a guide for dummies, so to speak, on how to serve or face the challenges of public pressure. They don't teach you to handle a media that's more interested in the gotcha game instead of fairly reporting the news. So what do you do? You try your best. You stay true to who you are. If you make a mistake, which you will, and I have, you learn from it and work hard to do even better. That is what the citizens of North Carolina expect their elected officials to do, whether it be on the city council or on the council of state. We must drop our weapons of political war. We must work hard on behalf of all North Carolinians. All right, I wanted to give you a taste of each of those because I, I sort of want to set it up for Brett Winterbull this way. Uh, Roy Cooper may end up running for Senate someday. Roy Cooper may end up having a higher job. In fact, I, if I had to guess right now, he probably will. Uh, but then Mark Robinson, uh, I think we know what's going on there. Mark Robinson's going to run for governor, and uh, it's probably going to be one of the most watched governor battles in the country, Josh Stein, Josh Stein uh, versus Mark Robinson. And there may be others that get in the mix, but I think it's going to come down to those two. But uh, there are, I think you look at what happened last night in North Carolina, and you kind of see uh, on both sides of the aisle there, uh, you can imagine what the trajectory may be. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think you could see Roy Cooper in a number of different positions, and I think uh, the battle between Stein and uh, Mark Robinson will certainly be a, 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 major, uh, a major fight. So, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Do you think that Mark Robinson uh, – do you think Mark Robinson uh, has a decent shot to be the next governor of North Carolina? Yes. Yeah. yes. And do you think I'm right about uh, the national uh, pundits and people who are watching him? He gone? Did we lose him? Brett? We rendered him speechless. I've, <laughs> I've never done that before. Well, you know, one of the things <laughs> I, I actually will, I'll answer uh, that question because I do believe that national pundits will be looking at this particular race because Mark Robinson um, is a, a, a personality in the Republican Party that that people are keeping their eyes on. Um I love what Mark Robinson said, you know, that we need to put away the divisive politics. But I feel like everybody says it and nobody does it. I want to see I want to see it done because he's right. He's 100 percent right that the rest of us, the citizens of, of the United States, the citizens here in North Carolina, we want stuff to get done. And instead, we're just seeing the same fiery arguments over and over again and and finger pointing and blah, blah, blah. And it. And all it does is serve to divide us as as a nation more because we aren't finding solutions and we aren't seeing our leaders find solutions among each other in enough instances. I'm not saying it doesn't happen because we've seen plenty of bipartisanship happen, but we need to see more happen on a, in the public eye instead of all of these talking points and consultants telling all of these politicians, what they need to do to get our blood boiling, because I don't want our blood to boil anymore. We're done. 
Well, <laughs> and public eye. That's that's where I was going with that with with Winterbull there, because I think by the time 2024's election cycle is over, Mark Robinson is going to figure much more in, into national politics uh, oh, than, than, a, than, a, than a candidate here for, for, on either side has in a long time, because uh, he's, he's no stranger to controversy. He speaks his mind. And there are a lot of people higher up in the GOP that really like what this guy has to say. Yeah. And I have a feeling that he's going to be uh, someone you see on the networks quite a bit for years to come. Um, when we come back, I actually want to play another part of Mark Robinson's speech last night, because, like I said, Roy Cooper is sort of in the descending mode from his governor's tenure. He can't run again. Mark Robinson is going to run for governor. We know that. It's just not official yet. Uh, but last night for him was sort of here I am. Mm -hmm. For people who don't know me, here's what you need to know about me. And I, you'll hear this clip from his speech you're going to hear in a few minutes. And we'll see what happened to Brett Winterbull. <laughs> He's floating. You, you know what happened to Brett Winterbull? Sleep paralysis. Exactly. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110 WBT. So I got to the bottom of what happened with Winterbull there. Uh, he apparently had an internet issue and uh, got yeah, got disconnected. And had no idea. But, and it's one of those things where uh, he answered me and he could hear himself answering me. But it's like when you're talking to somebody on the phone and you don't realize they're gone and yeah. you're like, how long have I been talking? And you haven't heard me. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I asked him a question and he gave us a long answer, uh, but I, we never heard it. So it sounded like I gave him a question and either I stumped him or I surprised <laughs> him or I don't know what. But it was just like this pause and then I realized he, he's gone. He did not hang up on us. <laughs> no, it no, was not that, intentional. That either. So... Uh, eventually, we'll continue that conversation. Yeah, one day. Just in case you were wondering. Uh, I was talking about Mark Robinson, and uh, he's a fascinating figure in North Carolina because it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, people did not—this is not a guy that set out to be a politician. Right. And now he is— I think if you look across the country, I mean, he's one of the uh, either side of the aisle. If you talk about uh, rising politicians— uh, statewide that you believe probably will have a much bigger national profile before it's all over. I think he's on that list. I think he intrigues President Trump. I think he intrigues a lot of people uh, in the, the new guard of the party on both sides. So it makes him an interesting uh, person in the in the GOP period. Uh, now, like I said, Roy Cooper, I'm not taking away from what Roy Cooper's done because Roy Cooper's been a two term governor and uh, he probably has a, a future as at least a Senate candidate, maybe a senator. Uh, or I expect him he'll he'll do something past the governor of North Carolina. I think all of us, whether if you're a political scientist, you, you look at that and realize uh, 10 years from now, we'll probably be talking about Roy Cooper and some other governmental job. He's been on the short list for some people's choice for presidential candidate, not in 2024, but in years beyond for the Democratic Party. So, yeah, I mean, it's like uh, you just look at, at different candidate profiles. That's why last night uh, he gave a he gave a state of the state speech that sounds like Roy Cooper, what Roy Cooper has done each time. Mm -hmm. So I don't think anybody's surprised by what he said last night. Now, uh, Mark Robinson. See, I look at Mark Robinson last night and Robinson realizes that he is still someone that not everybody knows. And he's trying to create that 
that profile for not only running for governor, but for the candidate that will be Mark Robinson for years to come, right? Uh, and he said in his speech there wasn't a playbook for all of this. You know, I kind of got into this job, and I've been f- feeling my way through it, uh, and now he's more assured in it because he's been in the job longer. But I want to play you uh, the beginning when he essentially, uh, uh, he's talking here to people who don't know him very well. I was born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina, as the ninth of ten children. Our home was filled with alcoholism and violence. My father routinely abused my mother. When I was in the fifth grade, my father died and I was terrified. He had been the sole provider for our family. I thought we were going to be homeless. I wasn't sure that my mom would be able to provide for the five of us that were still living at home. A few days after my father died, a friend of my mother came by and told her, well, now you can kick up your feet and relax because you can get welfare and be taken care of by the state. But my mom decided to take a different path. She walked across the street from my home and got a job as a custodian at the local university. There she cleaned up for other people's children to provide for her own. I remember the first paycheck she got. She picked up McDonald's for dinner. You would have thought we were eating a five-star meal. That was the best food I've ever had. I was so proud of my mom. She was my hero. She encouraged me to dream and told me that with faith, hard work, and perseverance, I could achieve anything. My mom passed away in 2016. I know she would be proud to see her son serving as the first black lieutenant governor of North Carolina. The journey to where I am today was long and difficult. Like so many other North Carolinians, I faced my share of adversity. I lost not one, but two jobs to NAFTA. I laid awake at night wondering how I was going to pay my bills. I lost my house, my car, and decades ago was forced to declare bankruptcy. But like my mother taught me, I leaned on my faith, continued to work hard, and persevered. So that's the beginning of his speech last night. And uh, obviously, he's speaking or, or wanting to speak there to the people who don't know his story yet. Yeah, and I think that I think it surprised some people because it was a different take on the rebuttal to the State of the State address. It was much more of, I, and I think, you know, if you look at the news articles that are talking about this, I think it was much more the, I'm about to run for governor. You need to know who I am. This is going to be, and it was also unusual for the lieutenant governor to do the rebuttal. And, um, and so all of it, I think, was part of the, the the grander plan for him. And he did speak later, and I played some of the later part of the speech uh, earlier in the show. He did talk policy. Oh, absolutely. But you're right. The beginning of it was essentially a, a, a candidate profile for for Mark Robinson. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, he's a he's a fascinating guy. The more you learn about him, and uh, a lot of people outside of North Carolina are talking about. Uh, this guy, either because they're Republicans and they're thinking he can be a voice for our party or Democrats who are thinking, watch this guy, because this guy is going to he's he's got a he's got a political future. I think one of the biggest hurdles that he's going to have to to face is the the Trump um, the Trump issue. How aligned will he be with Donald Trump or not? That's the whole key. Is, and that's the whole Republican Party right now. Yeah. Uh, you have candidates uh, in the middle ground are trying to figure out, am I going in the Trump direction or am I going in the DeSantis direction or Haley direction? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, again, I said this a few minutes ago. If you're a political science major like we were, yep. it's fascinating. It's fascinating. WBT. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo and Beth. Back at it. Tuesday morning, News Talk 1110 WBT. I have no idea why I just said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never come back and said that. There was something about it that was kind of happy, though. It's the song. I appreciated it. You sounded very... I could have said something much cooler, like, all right, all right, all right. Well, but the song is, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were, it's like spoken word of the song. Okay, it's what Beth. you were doing. You're trying to make me feel better. I, I am. It, it was yeah, delightful. Do, do yeah, boy, next yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, boy. yeah, come back like, yeah, boy. No, I think I won't. If I do All that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is interesting. The 10 worst-paying college majors five years after graduation and the 10 highest-paying college majors five years after graduation. I think this is a timely story because we're heading into, I mean, graduation season is just a couple of months away, which is hard to believe. So some of these high schoolers in the area who are making their college selections right now, they're going to head to their university or college of choice and declare a major. John Moore, remember the day uh, you found that fanfare? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you still have that handy somewhere or something like it? I can find it. All right, so you find a fanfare because uh, you'll see why I want that in a minute. Because Beth has the highest paying and I have the the least, the lowest paying. Yeah, now this is according to CNBC, the highest paying 10 majors for graduates. Here they are. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to see if we can find a fanfare. I used to hate this when Al Gardner and Keith Larson and we would do this to me when I was running the board over there. And now I'm that guy. I'm asking John for... John, find me a fanfare. Good morning. Yeah. Oh, man, yes. That's, that's awesome. Wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> I feel so, like I just majored in something. <laughs> that's a, There are... Hey, there are fanfares, and there are fanfares. <laughs> All right. See, that's why I love John. He found something really impressive. All right. So you have the ones that pay the most. Here are the jobs that pay the most, according to CNBC and Gabriel Cortez and the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Number one. Should I have gone backwards? See, Eric thinks we played that for him. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to say number 10. Okay. Let's, let's go to number 10. <laughs> Start that over. <laughs> Not surprising, civil engineering with a starting salary of $65,000. Next, business analytics. <laughs> This one's the most random one. Number uh, 10, 9, 8. <laughs> I had to count there. This is like a Pat McCrory top five. <laughs> what number am I on? Number eight is miscellaneous engineering. Who majors in that? How do you pick uh-huh. that? Like, I, What would you like to major in? Miscellaneous engineering. What are you going to engineer? I don't know. Yeah, Just some like, of the miscellaneous things that are left over. It's like, what, what type of engineering do you do? Whatever I want. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever I feel like engineering. But engineering is the number one thing because all of these are in the engineering field. Um, mechanical engineering, then industrial engineering, electrical engineering, aerospace engineering. Oh, here's one different. Computer science at number three. <laughs> 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 then computer engineering, making $74,000 as a starting salary. And number one... the number one highest paying degree that you could possibly get a degree in chemical engineering yeah chemical engineering 
I was nowhere near chemical engineering. I was nowhere close to the chemistry department. I don't even know where that building was. Mm, I'm with you. Uh, so I have over here, I have the college majors that pay the least five years out of college. And yes, I have my own. I guess this is this is the low fare. So we're going to start with, uh, we'll start, uh, I'll do about maybe eight of these. Oh, see, you do better than I do. I like went through the whole list. No, I'm, I'm going to go through most of them. You have better uh, brain. Uh, $40,000 a year, uh, five years right after college. <laughs> Elementary education. Aww. Uh, next on the list. $40,000 early childhood education. At $39,000. <laughs> Performing arts. Oh. <laughs> uh, at thirty-eight k. The price is wrong. Leisure, Bob Barker. <laughs> leisure and hospitality. Mm. Okay, uh, thirty-seven point four. Like all of these are around numbers except psychology. Thirty-seven point four thousand dollars. Five years out of school with that major. This is uh, these are the averages according to CNBC, and uh, these are tied at thirty-seven thousand. <laughs> I said I said there was a tie between social services and family family and consumer sciences. Would you like to know the uh, one of these that pays the least out of college? College majors that pay the least right out of college. Here we go. Theology and religion. Uh, here's my thing with this. This 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 list of the lowest paying majors, all of these are passion majors. They're the majors that you go into because you know what you want to be. You want to be a psychologist. You want to help people. You want to be a, a, a minister. You want to, to minister to people. You want to be an early childhood ed person. You want to be in hospitality and leisure. These are the passion majors. And I feel like we're sending the wrong message if we're saying like, sorry, you're not going to be able to make a living because of the way prices are with everything from food to gas to housing, everything, you're not going to be able to follow your passion. You're going to end up going for a major that makes the most money. You're going to hate your life and then you're going to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's my question. Here's our question going forward at 704-570-1110. We've laid out uh, both sides of this. Yeah. As you listen. And maybe you're, I'd love to know if, I'd love to talk to somebody who's five or 10 years out. But really, no matter how far you are out from what you majored in, do you wish you could go back and change that major? Or would you double down and say, I made the right decision? I'd like to take even more classes in that, in that category. Did you make the right decision? Did you, are you representative of this list? Maybe you didn't find what we just found. Maybe you were five years out and you were tonning it. Yeah. With one of these majors. Tonning it. That's my new favorite word. <laughs> Oh, you never heard that before? No. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Wait, let me try that one more time. John, want to play that again? Okay, Maybe you'll be... Totting it! WBT. <laughs> News Talk 1110 WBT. We're talking about degrees. What did you get a degree in if you have one? And if you had it to do over again, would you choose a different one? And I say that mainly based on how much money are you making right now? Are you tonning it? Or are you, uh, you know, looking at other people thinking, man, I should have done that? 
Or are you thinking, I got the right degree, I might not be tunning it, as Bo would say, but I love what I'm doing. I love my life. I don't think we put enough value on that. There's no price, no price you can put on joy. And your major was? I had a double major. Okay. Joy was one of them. Joy was one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, um, Ron DeSantis would not like this. I majored in political science and women's studies. Okay. It was gender studies. <laughs> I was a single major. I can't imagine a double major. That's too much work. I was three classes away from a triple major, but they wouldn't let me get the third degree, uh, so I didn't get it. Which is why triple Lindy. <laughs> you and I are just perfect together. Um, I was a political science major. Jim Zoki, you are a what major? A journalism major. Journalism major. John Moore? We're going to start using that next week. <laughs> Communications. Communications. Yeah. I'd right. do it again. Yeah. Oh, you, would you do it again? Yeah, I love uh, what I do. So I'll do um, it again. I would do it again, although um, I, it figures into what I do, but it's not. Like, I didn't learn what I'm doing because of it. Does that make sense? I was already doing it. I was already immersed in this business before I ever went to school. Yeah. My degrees, both of them, taught me how to th- critically think. It taught me how to understand the world around me. It taught me how to understand what I like, what I don't like, what is good, what is bad. It, it just, I thought, just made me a much, um, just a much more well-rounded human being. Yes, Beth was a women's studies major, and now she does a radio show in a room full of men. men. <laughs> <laughs> it made me. <laughs> I think I think, understand I you think guys. most of us in this room studied women while we were in college. <laughs> And we'll see you tomorrow, folks. That's enough for our show today. Uh, Matt has been waiting for us. Matt, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi. Hey, good morning. Good morning, uh, Matt. Yeah, I was listening to y'all read the surveys, and I would like to see a survey about degrees. How much does a particular job make after five years or 10 years versus what you pay for the degree? See, that's a great idea, too, because some of these professions require advanced degrees and you end up spending a ton of money. And when you get out of school, you may be making more than the person who has one of these, you know, more passion focused degrees. But you're paying off, you know, student loans or or paying off any kind of debt for years to come. Yeah, and, you know, you think about attorneys and uh, and doctors specifically. I mean, oh. most doctors are in school for eight years, mm-hmm. and you know the the amount of money that they're spending for their education. Um, I'd like to see that figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Matt, thank you for calling. Let's go to Kirk on line three. Kirk, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hey, good morning, BT squared. Hey. What you How got? You I love it. He called us BT squared. That was good. <laughs> What's well, I used to be a math teacher once. But, uh, oh. All right. So what you you majored yeah, in what? I majored actually. I majored in history and minored in anthropology. Both are useless. But I took <laughs> yep. a lot of math hours to keep the GI Bill and really make the house payment, and actually taught high school math for a few years. But I drive a tractor trailer now. I called him before. I drive a tractor trailer now and. And like I made in the, uh, I'm home every night. And I made the high 80s this past year. So see, that's great. So if you could go back, would you would you go back and change the history anthropology thing, or would you say, hey, I loved it. I learned a lot of stuff, and I'm happy. Well, I love the major. Well, I didn't really learn much in college. I didn't already know. <laughs> you know I was in my mid 30s. You know, uh, most of my professors, except for two, were younger than I was. But 
I, I might have done more of a technical thing because I don't remember being good at math in high school, but I took all these other, these, you know, up to Calc 2 kind of burned me out, uh, all the integration. But uh, I did well, and I was like, well, heck, I should have just, uh, if I could do it over again, I might have majored in math or in engineering, but uh, I'm happy doing what I'm doing now. I wish I'd done this 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And to which I say this, and scene. <laughs> That's how he sent Kirk away. Yeah, that's Kirk driving away. That's right. Here he goes. But he loves his life. <laughs> I just wanted an excuse to play this. See, what other show does Kirk call in and get that? As exactly. he says goodbye. He has his own theme music. That's right. We love our callers. We do. Uh, traffic check now. Speaking of the roads and trucks and buses. Cause trucks and buses. What's going on in Pumpernickel? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't name the roads. I just say. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Don't know much about history. Nope. Don't know much biology. Not that either. Don't know much about a uh, I was terrible there. Don't know much about the French I took. I took Latin. German. But I do know that I love you. All of you. And I know that <laughs> if you love me Hope you do. Everything is great now. It's such a wonderful world. See, kids, it all works out in the end. But I, I do know, and maybe we have people listening right now that are in the middle of uh, that major. Or maybe you just finished the major. And you're wondering, was it all worth it? Did I, did I study the right thing? Is there going to be a job out there for me based on what I studied? And uh, we're talking about this because CNBC has released a list of the 10 worst-paying college majors five years after graduation and the 10 highest-paying college majors five years after graduation. In case you're wondering, the worst-paying major, theology and religion. Yeah, theology and religion. And the highest-paying major is chemical engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I had the lowest up. <laughs> I was like, hold on. <laughs> Let me reopen the other article really fast. <laughs> and uh, we've been talking to you this hour about uh, where you fall in this, uh, in this mix. Are you glad that you majored in what you majored? Uh, are you an exception to the rule, or are you proof that what we're saying is correct? James, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT. Hi. Hey. Hey. You guys were talking about majors. Yes. Uh, and what you pay. Mm -hmm. uh, criminal justice, I never knew anybody that went into that that was doing it for the money. Oh, so you're saying that it does not pay well, that people that go into criminal justice are the ones who, they're, they're passion jobs, passion jobs. People are wanting to, to make the world a better place. Well, not necessarily. They just want to be police. Oh. Uh, right. But that doesn't... Uh, Public service jobs do not pay what they should pay. That's true. Same with education, right, which is, I guess, a, a public service job in a lot of ways. But teachers don't make enough for what it is they are responsible for. They're responsible for creating our next generation of leaders. Mm -hmm. Well, my father served in the Army, then he taught college at UNCC. They did not pay him what he was worth. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And they don't pay police officers what they're worth. They certainly don't pay them for what they have to put up with. Right. Yeah. 
James, I want to get Jan. Jan is in here. Hey, Jan, how, how are you? Welcome to uh, Good Morning BT. Um, it's a pretty good day to be me. Oh, hey, I like hearing that. For the rest of y'all. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> you feel bad for us? <laughs> okay, you just topped any emotion that Beth has ever had. <laughs> um, I've got two degrees. And one is in joy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one for each voice. Yeah. All right. Um, I went the natural resources route. I deal with wetland streams, endangered species. <gasps> Um, a big part of my job is walking through the woods, digging holes, and throwing dirt at people. Oh, my gosh. Jan, I want to come on. Can, do you have, like, a take-a-friend-to-work day? I want to come walk through the woods and dig holes. I don't want to throw dirt at anybody, but I would definitely love oh, to walk through the woods and on. dig holes. You can throw dirt um, at people. There are times that I can't believe I get paid for what I do. Right. I get paid very well. I make well above. I'm well into six figures. Wow. I was about to say, Jan, are you tonning it? Yes. Um, three quarter cutting. Okay. Three quarter well, So I could come. I could come dig holes. I don't know though. I have to say, I some days actually not. I think every day I leave this room I and say, I look. Beth at Troutman did. Yeah, radio. We, we dig holes every day on this show. <laughs> I'm yes. about to work our way out. I know. Of them. I'm about to dig a hole right now. I don't recall Jan inviting you. By the way, you he keep did not. Yourself. I just invited myself to help Jan. But <laughs> I say that about this job every day when I leave here. I'm like, I cannot believe this is a job. I cannot believe somebody pays us to be here. I, I, I'd, I'd come with you. Even they weren't paying me, I'd come in. But don't tell the boss I said that. Mm. He's probably not listening. <laughs> wow. Like I said, Jan. So you have worked in radio before. <laughs> Jan majored in joy. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of my favorite calls ever. He's like, it's a great day to be me. <laughs> yes, I'm digging holes. <laughs> Throwing dirt at people. We do that, too. No. <laughs> not, not often. Y'all might. All right. Just bad people. Thank you, Jan. We appreciate you calling. But that's great, though, that he has he loves what he does and he can't believe that he gets paid to do it. We should all be so lucky. And if you follow your passion and you do what you love, then that's what it feels like. And I want every I want that for everybody. Jan digs holes. We go down rabbit holes (laughs) every day. And we love you all. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. News Talk 1110 WBT. Going strong. Hour number four here. Taking you up to 10 a.m. with Vince Coakley. This is uh, breaking news this morning. And uh, apparently it happened quietly. Uh, People are finding out about it now, but it happened quietly after more than 20 years. Yesterday, Fuel Pizza in South End. Is that in Loso? Or or (laughs) Uh Upso? I would say it's Upso. I think it's Upso. South and East. That was yesterday. Yeah, it's South and East. It's Upso. Uh, South End, (laughs) a South End staple. I'm going with that. Fuel Pizza closed yesterday, which means there's only, I believe, one fuel location left. It's in Plaza Midwood, Central Avenue. Because the other ones... Yeah, the Uptown one closed. Uptown one's gone. Uh, then there used to be a fuel pizza. Am I remembering this right? Then there used to be a fuel pizza over at Park Road where, where the Godfathers was back in the day. I think there was there a fuel pizza. There used to be there. one in Davidson that yeah. is now a... It's like a pork and pig or a pig and the poke or... <laughs> pig and the poke? <laughs> and the Griswolds are here! <laughs> oh, man. Just flashback. <laughs> I don't think that's a restaurant. No. <laughs> it's probably not. Might be something else. Upper, upper, Clark. 
but that means that we, there, if we if you crave fuel pizza, there there's only one location left to go to, and so many people. Wasn't it in um, Shallow Hell? It was. Yeah, that was the restaurant where they the went one downtown. In. Yes. Yeah. Uptown. I'm sorry, uptown. You mean Center City? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Center City during the filming of the movie. We're meshing a lot of stories together right now. So Fuel Pizza yesterday in South End closes after 20 years. Now here's where I date myself. When I think of that location, I don't even think of Fuel Pizza. I think of Zarelli's. Remember Zarelli's? Remember Pizzarelli's? Also was the alternate location that was down at uh, near uh, Carolina Place. Nobody remembers Zarelli's but me? No. You don't remember Neil Zarelli who sang the national anthem at Hornets games? Was that right there at South and East? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Unless I thought I'm, it was further down the road. Unless I'm completely no. misremembering this. We used to have uh, the company Christmas party there a couple of times. I remember that. I do not remember Zarelli's. I thought it was further down east, but I could be wrong. Well, I, must, I spent all my time at Godfather's Pizza. So. Well, it's, yeah, I, I spent quite a lot of time there, too. But... If I'm remembering that incorrectly, all of Charlotte will let me know. Trust me, 704-570-1110. But I thought that uh, Zarelli's was where Fuel Pizza is now, or or was. was it, yeah, because it it's could gone be. now. It's been a long time. Did you guys ever go inside to eat at Fuel Pizza? Was that uh-huh. a thing that you mm-hmm. liked to do? Mm-hmm. Like twice. I used to go to the one <laughs> in Uptown. Which is probably why it's closed. Oh. Well, I mean, I wasn't there enough to support. I went to the one Uptown pretty frequently. I liked their pizza. Yeah. In fact, yep. I don't ever remember not eating in Fuel pizza, like I don't. I've never gone and and gotten a pizza to go from from uh, Fuel. Well, that begs the question: Are there things? Th- there was a food and wine article that I saw, and it made me want to ask you guys this question about chain restaurants. Fuel Pizza, um, well, was a chain. I guess now it might not be considered a chain anymore because they, there's only one lo- location left. Well, in Charlotte, but it's a national chain. It's a na- yeah, it is a national chain, yeah. right? There was an article in Food and Wine magazine, and I loved that it was in Food and Wine, but it's about chain restaurants. And the title was, You Are Not Too Good to Eat at a Chain Restaurant. And again, this is Food and Wine magazine, the the magazine that you think is all about hoity-toity food and wine. (laughs) If It's called Food and Wine. Oh, wait, please tell me there's nobody in this room who refuses to eat at a chain restaurant inside. We have anybody who's in that category? No. I know people who used to work here who might be in that category. But you know how people have kind of in the past, I don't know if it's been like the last decade or maybe the last two decades where people have kind of downplayed or maybe made fun of the chain restaurant in favor of the really she-she restaurants mm-hmm. where you pay $78 for a steak. Look, I'll tell you right now, uh, God rest his soul. Hope he's hope he's uh, smiling down on us and laughing right now. But we used to have somebody who worked here who was firmly in that category. I don't know if Danny Fontana ever ate at a chain restaurant. Ever. Like he refused? <laughs> I mean, Danny was always talking about, like, Macintoshes and, and well, you know what? Morton's is a chain, but Morton's a, is, a, a high is a high-end chain. chain. Of course, like Danny wore a pinstripe suit to work. Yes. So. Oh, wow. Wow. Not like us. Well, according to this magazine, they're saying that whatever the chain restaurant is— it has a purpose, and maybe it's time to give credit where credit is due and start heading back to those chain restaurants, whether it be, like, one of my personal favorites, which I am not ashamed to say I will go in there and I will eat the heck out of some chicken and dumplings and the beans and greens plate that they have, is I love Cracker, cracker Barrel. Barrel. Oh, yeah. When you said chicken and dumplings, I knew where you were going. I love that Cracker Barrel. And, like, they serve breakfast any time of the day. So if you go to Cracker Barrel, you can get grits and eggs at 7 p.m. if you the want to. The one I drive by every day is not struggling. That parking no. lot is full, like, every day. The one in Mooresville, So they don't need way. to be told. The Cracker Barrel folk, no. They're there already. <laughs> They're there right now. 
They are not the inspiration for this article. Nope, not that one. <laughs> but I just it begs the question: Are there chain restaurants that maybe you? love to go to maybe you're embarrassed to say you go to them or maybe the ones that you're just like man i'm a die hard and i'm not being a snob i just thought because i haven't heard about these for a while but where i drive home going past those outlet malls at that times i drive that way near 160 yeah uh, yeah, going that way near 485 or whatever i love this there is they're building brand new olive garden and longhorn steakhouse Mm. and it felt very 1982 (laughs) that those were going in not that they don't exist anymore but they're putting in brand new ones that Mm -hmm. didn't exist so I was kind of surprised. That means maybe there's a resurgence going on. They just on. built a Longhorn and an Olive Garden at the Costco okay, in Okay, so they're back. Yep. Wait, inside the Costco? No. Okay. In the parking lot, as if that parking lot needed more Cause, stuff. Because <laughs> remember when Walmart, for a while, used to have McDonald's inside them? And Subway. Oh, they do. They still have Subway. Oh, they do? And Starbucks. But, but you know, a Costco, that would be a very Costco thing to do. We now have an Outback inside the Costco. <laughs> no, because even if they had an Outback inside the Costco, I'm still going for the buck fifty hot dog. Now, I want to know, here's the other side of that question. Is there a chain restaurant you won't go to? <gasps> yes. Yes? Yeah. You're going to tell me when we come back? I will. Okay. And I'm going to tell you something about Cracker Barrel, about me, that uh, may surprise some people in this room. You love the veggie plate. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you like to sit by yourself. <laughs> Yes, I go. I go to. The, I go to the Cracker Barrel. I, I, I sit in the corner and I eat vegetables. How did you know? You play that little tea game, little, yeah. little golf tees. No, that thing. That thing is the real deal. It's so. It's mind numbing. I can never win. I know. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Give it to Gravy, Davy. We're actually talking about the total reverse of this. Yeah. Not eating at my house, but eating at uh, a house that you can eat many places because it's a good in the neighborhood. There you go. Actually, went from nightmare fuel to actual fuel pizza. (laughs) Exactly. It's been a full circle show. We have had a full circle show, and all of it stemmed from the fact that the fuel pizza on South Boulevard just quietly closed after being there on that corner for 20 mm-hmm. years. They sold their last slice. Yeah, they mm-hmm. sold their last slice, which led me to an article that was in Food & Wine magazine about the chain restaurant, that we shouldn't be avoiding the chain restaurant. In fact, the article was titled, You Are Not Too Good to Eat at a Chain Restaurant. And this article goes on to say that people choose chain restaurants because they're consistent, because people know what they're going to get. And if you're in North Carolina and you're from California and you see a Chili's, you know what Chili's is going to be. There is no question about it. And it's also usually the most or at least more affordable option. So those are the reasons that we shouldn't be discounting the chain restaurant. And by the way, we had at least two calls one of which was Al Conklin yeah. to confirm what I said was correct, that it used to be Zarelli's. Fuel. Fuel used to be Zarelli's. Oh, see, look at Al Conklin. And I don't mean that, that uh, fuel, Zarelli's became fuel, uh, but the location that closed one, before that was a Zarelli's pizza restaurant. Zarelli's. Okay. Yeah, so I did okay. not. Good memory. I thought it was further down the road. But then I thought uh, Florida Georgia Line was Eric Church last week. <laughs> we don't trust. I'm you. on a roll. Well, if you go far enough down the road, you'll eventually go. Uh, you'll, you'll eventually get to where Pizza Rallies used to be, because there used to be two versions of that restaurant. But well, we're not going to question you anymore on this topic. That's right. So you, you know you've learned your lesson now. Um, and then, so it's interesting though, because Beth's talking about why this people article choose. says people choose 
the chain restaurant. Makes sense. Consistency. Yeah. But there's also a reverse side to that. I had a caller who couldn't come on the air with us, but said what to you, Bernie? Uh, she said she used to work in the health food industry. She said that some of these chain restaurants will, they have trouble hiring people, so they'll hire just anybody they can really get. Some people will show up to work for two days straight and then just won't come into work the next day. So you've just got to be careful with the chain restaurants in terms of who's making your food and if it's cooked enough. Stuff like that, because there could be somebody back there that's you know never really been a chef before. But how, or, but how are you careful about that? Hey, do you mind if I take a peek in the back <laughs> and just kind of see what's going on with my mozzarella sticks? Can I? Uh, <laughs> can I test the temperature of the oil? <laughs> I'm quality control. <laughs> I am the law. What's Tommy doing with the salami? <laughs> But there are some chain restaurants that I absolutely love, and I said it before the uh, the break. I really do love Cracker Barrel. I love the beans and greens. Get a little chow chow to put on those beans. A little hot pepper vinegar. Chow chow. Chow chow. <laughs> oh my gosh! Please tell me that you know what chow chow is. I don't. And, and <gasps> but this this feeds into what I was going to tell you going into the last break. Here's the thing about Cracker Barrel. You I don't. love Cracker Barrel. I've only eaten breakfast at Cracker Barrel. Never had lunch or dinner. That's a good breakfast, but you got to go what? for the chicken and dumplings. Yeah. What? 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 No wonder you don't know what Chow Chow is. You got to look at the other side of the menu. It's okay. The what, best is, what, part. what is Chow Chow? I don't know what Chow Chow is. But... <laughs> it sounds like dog food. Yes. Yum. Chow Chow is delicious. <laughs> it's a Southern staple. Thank you, John. Is this We're... like some liver mush thing? It's made I... out of cabbage, right? Yeah. Well, it's no. like pickled peppers, no. and like it's just like a. It's almost like a pickled. Mm. Um, nope. It's like a condiment. Like you can a smear it on anything. Holy moly, you can. And You're it's like kinda... checking every box that I don't want. <laughs> How? Sometimes I'm amazed. I feel like I'm in a well, like a different world. Is it a side dish or is it a condiment? No, it's like a condiment. And you put it on top of your pinto beans, y'all. Your hot dog. Another chip. On a, on a hot so dog. So it's like a coleslaw kind of thing? But, but it's pickled. It's um, it's it's tangy. It's um, It's got a kind of like a mustard base because it's often yellow. It's t- I, I've so, never made chow chow. So chow chow is a sauce? No, because it's chunky. It's like a vegetable thing. Yeah, it's like a vegetable thing. It's the thing. chunky soup of sauces? It's the chunky. It's like a tangy coleslaw, it sounds like. <laughs> and it's so good. And you just put a chunk of it on your on your pinto beans and a little mm. bit of, you know, the hot pepper vinegar, yeah. the Texas peat vinegar. You put that in your beans Ooh. and on your greens. Some onions. Mm. See, see. Some onions. Onions and ketchup. Your batting average is really bad here because whatever it is, you're talking everything you're talking about putting it on, I don't want either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't go to that page of the menu either. <laughs> Bring me some more of those those sourdough, uh, what is it, uh, French toast. That's what I like there. How did y'all grow up in the South? I know you didn't, Jim Toki, but how did you No, I've been here since 87. I'd like the chow chow. <laughs> I've never heard of that. Goes, While some... you were eating chow chow <laughs> at Cracker Barrel, Jim and I were at Zarelli's. Jeff's a Southern boy. You, have you ever had chow chow? <laughs> Chow Chow is a dog, isn't it? Oh, See? that is a dog. See? Wait, wait, yes. wait. I just got a note. I just got a note from Mark Garrison. Mm-hmm. He says Chow Chow is relish. It's like uh, a relish. Yeah, yes, it's pickled. Go. Okay. That's why I don't like it. I don't like relish. But we now got Al Conklin and Mark Garrison calling I know. the show. We also have the phones going crazy. <laughs> oh, boy. Next up, Larry Sprinkle. <laughs> Put another log on the fire. Cook me up some bacon and some beans. This is what I think of when I think of chow chow. Now, I've been told that uh, chow chow is not what I think it is. And I also said it sounds to me like maybe like dog food. Chow, have some chow chow. Chow chow sounds like. Not a dog food, nor is it, although it is a dog. I mean, you do call chow. Some people call the dog the chow, the chow chow. Um, I've been getting lots of texts. 
Wait a minute. <laughs> a dog's not on the menu. Okay. No, 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 no. But some people call the, the chow breed of dog a oh, chow chow. Oh, I see where you're Yes, going. yes, 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 yes. The chow chow that I'm talking about is a condiment. And Jeff, one of our listeners, says it's basically just pickled relish. Yes, that's much why better did way. you just say that in the first place? Because it's better than just like the relish that you just buy on the store shelf. It's because they, can, they you can make spicy chow chow that's like got the pickled peppers in it. And it kind of burns your mouth a little bit. It's really tangy. It's delightful. And I'm really sad that you guys have not experienced the delight that You're is gonna chow chow. You're going to make us eat this one day on the show, aren't you? Yes. Every time you say it, I think of that caller, Mau Mau. Mau Mau. Mau Mau is having some chow chow. <laughs> Uh, and Mark Garrison chimed in. He says, uh, chow chow is relish. Yeah, it's pickled relish. It's a condiment. Kelly, you're on News Talk 1110 WBT, wants to help with the chow chow description. Thanks for the laughter this morning. This has been great to hear. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I cannot say that I've ever made it, but as a child, I would see my mother and neighbors get together and grate a lot of cabbage. Mm -hmm. There would be um, peppers and onions, mustard seed. I remember that. But it's vinegar-based, so it's also very good for your gut. But mm. more than just like your relish on the shelf, that's more pickles. Yeah. This is really more cabbage-based, and the, what I grew up with. <laughs> and like I say, it's really good for your gut. So Ke Kelly, don't you mean it's good, good for stuff. your it's good for your gut gut? <laughs> chow, exactly. Yes. Chow, chow is good for your gut gut. It's good but, for your uh, leaky gut. Back, yeah, it's a great. It really is good. We would eat it with. Uh, I mean, you know, I grew up in the country. My dad had 12 acres and seven kids. So, you know, you were picking fresh vegetables out of the garden and such. But it would be usually besides some pinto beans, some fried chicken, and um, and cornbread that was made in an iron skillet. Yes. Never were we allowed to cut it. Dad said you don't cut cornbread. You would break it off for ah. whatever reason. He thought it tasted different uh, if you did that. <laughs> That's what we did. And it, I still enjoy finding that. Not have made it myself again. But it's excellent. I agree with that. Oh, Kelly, I am so glad that you called. And, man, it makes me want to eat some pinto beans, chow chow, and a big old hunk <laughs> mm. of cornbread. Every time you say it, it just makes, why is it chow chow and not chow? Does it have another name? Because or is it's, it always so, chow -chow? it's so cute. I mean, it's like chow chow. Come on. <laughs> but is, that like, is it universally known as chow chow? Or yes. is it like relish with you're calling it chow chow? No, it's on the menu as chow chow. It's chow, like chow. If you go to okay. If you go to Cracker Barrel and you order chow, they can bring you just anything off the menu. Right, that's food. But if you order chow chow, they bring you relish. They'll bring you the pickled relish, and it's Man. yellow. Like she said, it has the mustard seeds in it, and it's tangy. You can also get it at the flea markets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you, they have it. They, they'll have it at, um, they'll have just, it at like, just every, every flea market has it. Pretty much everyone has that and pickled Said okra. Said from experience. Yeah. <laughs> Farmers markets. Thanks for the booze bombs or whatever they're called. But buzz, you buzz balls. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. John Moore, what are you doing this weekend? Go get a few buzz balls and, and some chow chow. Hit the flea market for some chow chow. <laughs> you guys, but you can put it on. You put, you get a good chunk of the, the, of the cornbread and you put, you slather some butter on the cornbread. Oh, and then, yeah. Perfect then you, word, slather. Then you put the chow chow on top of the butter, and it's just one delicious, yummy mm. bite of yumminess. It's I've got to teach <laughs> a yummy you, bite of yumminess. I have to teach you guys how to eat. I've got to teach y'all how to no, eat. No, because you like liver mush and some other things. Yeah, because it's good. Said the person who started the show today by putting protein power in her coffee. <laughs> and gagged powder. herself. She literally gagged herself with her own coffee. <laughs> I poured it out, guys. I you, poured it out in the bathroom. You sure that wasn't chow chow in there? <laughs> They're still cleaning that bathroom. They're like, like a hazmat guy went in there. No. 
Oh, heck no. <laughs> I poured it in the sink and then I washed the sink out. It tasted awful. It would have tasted better. You if it made had... it. Well, I, I, yeah. So you're not always right, is my point. You said you're going to feed us foods. I don't. I was you're trying... kind of 50 50 ball on what's good. <laughs> It's not always good. That wasn't about taste. I was trying to I was trying to help my acid reflux. 50-50 would be not chow-chow, but chow. <laughs> no. It wasn't the topic chain restaurants. Like, we yes. got way off. Well, because Cracker Barrel is a very popular chain. I like Cracker Barrel. And they serve chow-chow. They okay. have chow-chow. I can't get past anything you say beyond chow-chow. It just makes me laugh. Am I the only one? I heard you say, have some chow-chow. Guys. I feel like I'm talking to my dog. After the show, let's go to Cracker Barrel. We're going to get some pinto beans. We could just go to any flea market and <laughs> get it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. John, John Moore. I'll get will you some this weekend. And we Moore. might find like some other things for the house. Well, John Moore will lead the way. <laughs> John Moore, you and I will go. These guys aren't allowed. We'll go up there to the, the Web Road flea market up there on the way to Salisbury. We'll take you to the Walmart in Belmont. <laughs> I cannot wait to finish. You know, we fill out our show report. That we do every day. And I can't wait. It's a 9 o'clock hour. We took calls on Chow Chow. <laughs> Segment three on Chow Chow. <laughs> well, just really quick, our listener Michael says, how are you from North Carolina and you don't know what Chow Chow is? He says he's taking your Southern card back. Oh. <laughs> this is how the Civil War started. <laughs> I'll just go eat at Zarelli's. Oh, wait, I can't Good do luck. that anymore. Uh, and, and before we get out of here, uh, we talked about the fact that that – the fuel pizza on South Boulevard has mm-hmm. closed. That's how this all started. That means there's only one fuel pizza left in Charlotte. It's on Central Avenue. And there's actually two other ones. Uh, one's about a restaurant. One's not. But some some uh, news along this same line that I need to tell you about before we get out of here. Mm. How's that? Does not involve chow chow. I bet chow chow would be good on fuel pizza. Yeah, just slather it on there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Welcome back on News Talk 1110 WBT. Go ahead. Read it. You've got it. Read it. Get it out of the way. Well, I, I got an email from uh, from one of our listeners. I want to just close. Let me open it back up. I don't believe it's really a listener. I it, think you made this up. No, this is from our listener, Chris. Chris says, of course, Beth, you like Chow Chow. Bo, how can you play those WBT reels about how your from here, in quotes. What, you think I'm a real? And grew up here, and you don't know what chow chow is. He says, I smell a rat. I'm going to look into your background because I bet you're from Maryland. Did you <laughs> Did you listen to the show when I talked about Neil Zarelli and eating at Pizzarelli's? Come on now. And what, What's his name again? His name is Chris. Here you go, Chris. Take this. wanted something that I knew came from a reel. And you needed <laughs> to end that with sponsored by Mrs. Campbell's Chow Chow. <laughs> chow Chow. Yeah, you need the jingle singer. I actually got a, another tweet. This is, this is, people are lit up about this. They're actually, they want you to know all about Chow Chow, Bo. <laughs> Ronnie t- uh, tweeted me a picture of his half-eaten jar. Makes me love him even more. His half-eaten jar of that would be Mrs. Just, that would be just Chow now. <laughs> No. <laughs> it's Mrs. Campbell's Chow Chow sitting on his kitchen counter. Gosh, I love you, Ronnie. Here it says, home style southern relish. And here's the tagline for Mrs. Campbell's Chow Chow, the great American put on. Mm. 
meaning you can put it on and it yeah. lists it hamburgers right. hot dogs you've been you've been put on this yeah, is sandwiches. you had to qualify that because some of us heard put on like this is a big ruse yeah. and some of us heard that's what you put on stuff you put it on stuff and it lists the great things pinto beans is one of them it's on the label yes. i won't steer you wrong guys it's on that? the label yeah here's well, the picture like. mrs campbell's chow chow i like beans yeah you put it on beans <laughs> You put it on beans. And Kelly, our caller, who called to give us the recipe for Chow Chow, um, she sent me an email that said she forgot to mention that her husband is from the north. He's not originally from here, and he Hmm. loves it, puts it on his hot dogs. Okay, can you list a few of the things that you put Chow Chow on one by one? Mm -hmm. Just just randomly. That I like to put Chow Chow on? Yes. Okay. Go. Pinto beans. (laughs) (laughs) All right, keep going, keep going, keep going. Cornbread. No, you actually, don't like cornbread? I, I, I like cornbread. I like cornbread. Keep going. You're not even an American if you don't like cornbread. <laughs> um, hot dogs. Okay. But see, Hamburgers. I, don't li- I don't want chow chow on any of these things. Why? So collectively, I say. But how can you know if you've never tasted it? I can look at what you just showed me in that picture and say, I don't like relish. Hey, try before you deny. Yes. <laughs> don't you? It's don't. the choice of all the flea markets. <laughs> yes. The food choice at every flea market. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I said I had a couple of things uh, along these lines. Like, we talked about the fact that uh, Fuel Pizza is closing in South End. Uh, did you know about this? Old Mecklenburg. Check this out. Old Mecklenburg Brewery is bringing back Zach's Hamburgers. Oh. So, Zach's is no longer, but the Zach Zach's Hamburger uh, at one of Charlotte's most iconic burger joints. We all know Zach's, right? Uh, I wouldn't know Zach's if I wasn't really from Charlotte now, would I? You sound kind of yeah, sensitive about, about it now. Zach's in Maryland now <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but so they're going to offer the Zach's hamburger at Old Mecklenburg Brewery. <gasps> oh, man, a Zach's hamburger and an Old Mech brew? That's a good day. And sit out on their patio? I love put that some patio. Put chow-chow on it. Chow it. Don't ruin it with chow-chow. <laughs> Uh, and also this. Now they this put is, sauerkraut, the German food. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, no. man, I love sauerkraut. Nope, we can't do it either. No Jeez, way. Jeez, your sauerkraut. gut must be in a real trouble. I, like I, <laughs> my gut gut is just fine, fine. <laughs> like the day they serve sauerkraut in, uh, in the school cafeteria, I like basically just left. No, I no never lunch got today. sauerkraut at the school's cafeteria. Mm, no, no. I said, why are you going to do that to a hot dog? All right, uh, so here's one more for you. Okay. Belk Department Store is launching, or actually just has launched its first outlet store. So Belk, the department store, is launching outlet stores, and the first one has just uh, been launched in Greenville, Tennessee. Anybody know where Greenville, Tennessee is? I didn't know where Greenville was until my daughter had a basketball tournament there about a year ago. It's the home of Tusculum University. Oh. But Greenville, Tennessee has a Belk outlet store. They're also adding Belk outlet stores to, uh, let's see, they got one in... Lawrence, South Carolina, Richlands, Virginia, Clarksville, Tennessee, Douglasville, Georgia, Russellville, Arkansas, and that's it for right now. But none in Charlotte or near Charlotte. I'm going to tell you, that's mm. a great idea. I mean, think about Nordstrom Rack. You get all of the things that didn't necessarily sell at Nordstrom the first time around. You go to Nordstrom Rack, you get it for half price. Same with Belk. That'd be fun. Belk Rack. Will they, they have, Bel- Bel- they have the Belky Bear? Yes, that's I was going to say. Do they have the Belky Bear? Oh, I love the Belky Bear. Um, <laughs> guys, I did, did y'all not have the Belky Bears? I would get the Belky Bear no, I remember every the Belky bear. year. Put Chow Chow on that bear. <laughs> I was about to say, they need to put like a mini version of Arthur's down there and serve some Chow Chow. I just got a, a, a direct message on Twitter, Bo, from one of our listeners named Justin. And he said, hey, Beth, I have to read this one to you because this will make you feel better. Hey, Beth, listening to the show about Chow Chow, 
I have never heard of it either, and I am born and raised a Tar Heel about four generations deep. But it made me think of the relishes in Rose Slaw or Dip from Rose Black's Barbecue. <laughs> have y'all been there? No. If you don't know about yes. it, then you aren't from Metrolina. Uh-oh, so this now is, there's something wait, I don't know about. Is that, that Rose or R.O.'s? R-O's. Oh, R.O.'s. I, that's, I brought that up before. Oh, R&O. R&O Barbecue. No, R.O.'s. You're still saying it wrong. There ain't no it's in just in there. Oh, no, that's R&R Barbecue. You're not from the South. That's where where you R&R. Come from? <laughs> there's no basement in the Alamo. So R- R-O's R- is in Gastonia. R.O.'s in Gastonia. And then there's R&R in Concord. I feel so much better now. See? You're walking on air. <laughs> Man. Not eating chow chow yet, but thinking about it. Oh, you are? No, not really. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, you cannot convince me to eat chow chow. Um, just to just to counteract Justin's uh, text, I just now got an email from Jonathan who says Bo doesn't know about chow chow. He says he he bets you only eat cucumber finger sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> only what? Cucumber finger sandwiches. <laughs> Is this the point where I tell you I don't like cucumbers? Man, now you're a picky little wow. boy. I like I like pickles. I don't like cucumbers. How is that? It's the same thing. Now I eat cucumbers. I just don't like them. Like the things that you eat that you don't really love. Like I know I know I need to eat my veggies, so I'll eat some cucumbers. But that's not the veggie of choice. But you don't like them. I don't love them. Ah, oh, they taste like heaven. Good. No, I get that. I like tomatoes, but I hate cherry tomatoes. Oh, mm-hmm. I love, Agreed. I love Agreed. cherry. I don't know tomatoes. why. I it's just a baby right tomato, but I don't like it. I love them. I agree with you completely. You like tomatoes? Yeah. Oh. But not, but not cherry, but not tomatoes. cherry tomatoes. Boy, learning things. It's probably. Do they? Does Chow Chow have have very t- of what do you call them? Uh, little baby tomatoes. No. Yeah, but you cherry could, tomatoes. You could put cherry Chow Chow with cherry tomatoes, uh-huh. and it would be delicious. I'd eat a I'd eat a bowl of cherry tomatoes with Chow Chow. Mm. All right, Vince Vince Coakley Coakley is next next. <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.